Hello everybody, welcome back. We're here at it again on this lovely Saturday morning on a grind to talk about things over beer. Welcome to Beer Talks. My friends with me, Addy, say hi. Say hi. And Stanley, say hi. Hello, or hi. We're here today to talk about something more specific, I guess. Um, that used to be a taboo subject. But you know what? Everybody's more comfortable talking about it now, I think. So, before we get to that, beer of the day. We're trying something different called Delirium Tremens. I was looking for this and the bottle's hella fancy. Mm-hmm. Also, it says on the label that uh, it does say it's strong beer and it's at 8.5%. Alcohol per volume. So oh, this is going to be a really interesting episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a perfect episode to have such a strong beer, eh, guys? Anyway, um, let me crack this. You guys open. open up the bottles. Actually, I don't remember how to do this. Am I doing it right? I can do cheers. Set it on the table. Don't just open it over your hand. It's going to spill. All right. Because I like this bottle so much, so anyone who hasn't seen it or touched it, um, this bottle is so fancy. It's like textured, so I decided not to pour today. I'm gonna drink straight out of the bottle. Just to give honor to the to the bottle itself. Mm-hmm. How are you drinking already? Oh, my bad. I'm still pouring. What's oh. taking you so long? So this bottle, while, while John's pouring, I can say, um, I think, so when we started Beer Talks, we had kind of like a list of beers and this is uh, was on that list. So when I went to an LCBO run, um, it was honestly just like impossible to find. The person in LCBO literally told me, uh, yeah, we need to like special order this beer sometimes and we have to like, yeah, like sometimes it's just like not in stock, very difficult mm-hmm. to find. Um, so I was very surprised that uh, Addy could have like Addy found this beer, um, so that we can actually do this episode today. Yeah. I don't know why it's so special. This was my worry for this beer too. Mm-hmm. I, I think I found this beer all the way up in Stouffville, so <laughs> it, yeah, I it mean, did take a little bit of distance. I'm lucky that I ended up finding one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all uh, right. cheers. cheers! Cheers! Oh, it smells good. So. Uh, and a law school buddy of mine actually recommended this beer. So shout out to Steph if you happen to be listening. Um, this was your recommendation and I remembered. Um, Yo, this hits hard. Yeah, It is. This is I, good I beer. Definitely, this is strong beer. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm supposed to play badminton after this. I don't know if this was a good idea. <laughs> it, packs, it packs a punch. Well, 8.5%. So this is it, on the back. It says it's strong Belgian beer. If that helps. I mean, I don't hate it, but um, we do this pretty early, <laughs> so we're definitely day drinking. And um, at least it's not eleven a.m. Okay. Well, fair enough. Sure. We we were recording sessions that are uh, earlier. Anyway, yeah. things to note about the beer, the taste, the color. Uh, so I drink it out of the bottle, so I can't see the color. But John, it's uh, like a cloudier Molson, a little bit darker. Uh, very amber um yeah fizzy cloudy but i think that speaks the volume of the body of the beer Mm. and i cleaned up the top of the bottle just with a little bit of like foam left and that already like first taste was like okay wow you're trying to make a statement okay message received this is there's this like herbiness to it i don't know if it's just me do you taste kind of like that Kind of like a, a bitter citrusy and kind of like an herby flavor to it. I should probably pay attention to the flavor profile, you're right. You're so funny. I'm just drinking. I don't know if herby is the right uh, word for it, but I know what you're talking about. So even from the smell of it, right, it's like very like pungent. It's really mm-hmm. strong, right? Like most beers don't smell like this. Um, I can definitely taste hop. So on the back of Delirium, uh, the bottle, uh, it says Delirium is triple fermented. So I don't know if that kind of gives you that extra bit of kick uh, in the flavor. Triple fermented? Yeah, I don't know what that means. I mean, like, Dang. logistically, yes, it's fermented three times. I get it. I don't mm. know what that's supposed to do. 
-hmm. to um, the flavor profile. Yeah, I think I figured out what that what that flavor is. You know, have you ever like tasted an orange peel and it kind of has that zesty but also bitterness to it? Yeah. Right. It tastes like that to me. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's just that that's what it reminds me of. It's a very specific smell and taste combination. I just can't put my finger on it. I think orange is in the right direction, mm -hmm. but it's something I've had, I think, in Asia. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> For some reason, I'm thinking, you know, those like Chinese herbal teas that are like black, basically? No, it no, no you, you know what it is? I think I got it. It's those Chinese herbal candy, like the dried orange peel candy that you're supposed to suck on for your throat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if like if people know what I'm talking about, but I know it's medicinal beer then. Maybe, but like I know like, I know exactly what that bot like what that uh canister of uh candy looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is this tastes very much like that. The yeah. smell of it too. Yeah, the smell is actually yeah, you know. And I have the I have the glass out with me. Yeah. It I know what you mean by earthy. It's uh sorry, herby flavor. Mm. I get it now. There's like a very earthiness note to it. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah. This is oh, a good beer. I know. It's nice. I know what it is. It almost tastes like uh star anise. Almost. Mmm. Without anise. without the without the numbness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very So you're saying like kind of like uh, licorice flavor. But not as bitter. But you kind of right, get that not, note. Right, not as present. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. We could just. I feel like we would just keep going about this delirium tremens. <laughs> yeah, um, delirium. If, yeah, if, if you're listening, uh, we'd love to be sponsored. Here we go. <laughs> this is as per usual. As per usual, uh, we'd love to have more of your beer. Please send us more, and please make this more accessible in Canada. Uh, I know, man. <laughs> I don't know how lucky I was that I just ran to my beer store and found it. Although I did have to have a solid like 10 minute going around the aisles <laughs> and see you know if it's the same bottle and even the bottle that they have the print on them is different than what i saw in my beer store so i don't know if it's like a updated logo or whatever or if it's an older one in any case yes. delirium tremens it's very delicious with the pink elephant uh, against the blue background on the bottom. Yeah, very good. <laughs> the pink Ellie with the blue black background. I'm stumbling my words. It's definitely blame it on the alcohol. Yes, we're, we're... A, wise man, I want, a wise man once said. <laughs> we're five minutes <laughs> in, folks. <laughs> um, moving on to the topic of the day, which I think is very important to talk about is today we're all about uh, mental health and mental situations and mental uh, diet. <laughs> mental th things that are like psychic powers, basically. That's what we're talking about today. Actually, yeah, no, John, you're absolutely right. I think, uh, I think when we talk about things like mental health, it is absolutely about mental diet because it's kind of what you consume into your psyche, right? Um, and then so not not to be cutting you off or anything but taking this away um i think when we when people generally talk about mental health like there's probably a lot of different things that kind of dive into the topic so um i think in the general topic of mental health there's things like anxiety depression loneliness or even like you know um your struggles with like you know your way your your body image or you know lots of different things but today i uh, i specifically wanted to ask you guys um about um uh, a specific topic of mental health which is uh burnout because i think uh this applies mm -hmm. for a lot of people our age uh for younger listeners maybe you guys have already gone through burnout and maybe not know it and for our older listeners um, maybe you've gone through something like this and you can you know provide us with some of your thoughts but um, i thought this is very um I think appropriate for today just because we mm -hmm. at least for me and i'm sure you guys can relate we kind of grew up in a <laughs> we just got a tough it up age right like um at least my parents right uh when we moved to canada they i think my mom actually had a heart-to-heart -heart with me um for this topic specifically she's like 
she can't help me with anything here. Like through school, she knows all the school systems back in back in Asia and stuff like that. She knows all the jobs, the industries. But here, as I'm growing up, she can't really help me because she doesn't know it, right? So she's like, you have to develop tough skin. You have to be able to figure it out, right? And I think back in the day, and this is not even that long ago, maybe like even five or six years ago, when you tell someone like, hey, I'm going to therapy, it's kind of taboo, right? People look at you in a different light and they're like, oh, what's wrong with you, right? But then, but then you don't get that level of uh, maybe judgment when you're saying like, oh, like I fell off a set of stairs and broke my legs. I have to go to the hospital for physical wounds, right? Mm -hmm. So um, this is something that I wanted to ask you guys about. And if you guys had um, experience specifically with something like burnout, right? And so before I kind of throw the question back out to you, uh, burnout, I will, again, I just wanted to like define it so we can have, uh, we're on the same page. Burnout is defi uh, defined as the state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. Right. Right. And then so it usually occurs when you feel very overwhelmed, emotionally drained, unable to meet constant standards or demands. Um, and then so you're in a state of mental distress. Mm -hmm. And so throwing the question out there, um, John or Addy, um, have either of you experienced burnout in your life before? Yeah, John, if you don't mind, if I go first. Um, no, go ahead, take it. Yeah, I have definitely experienced burnout and i think my first most uh noticeable one is when i was going through law school so like those of you who've listened to my episode you know while i was going through law school i was also working and i went to law school in windsor and detroit and all my friends and family are in toronto so between school flying across the world and trying to make time for friends and family i I felt burnout and I think at the time I didn't realize it was burnout until I very distinctively remember one episode where I was in Windsor and I lived on my own. I didn't have roommates or anything. I, I chose a, an apartment away from the school grounds because I, I didn't want, I wanted that separation. I didn't want to feel like even when I was in school, I was, you know, or like after class, I was still in school. So Right, you wanted a different scene basically. Exactly. So. I had an apartment closer to the city center and away from the school area. So I distinctly remember one night after getting groceries, I went home, closed the door behind me, locked it, and then I froze. And then I just sank to the ground and started crying. Nothing happened. It like mm -hmm. there was no triggering event, but I think mentally I was between like the demands of school exams having to work trying to maintain somewhat of a social life and my my romantic relationship like it just I, it somehow hit a, a tipping point and i just sat there crying for like five minutes like i couldn't think of anything like i, I just felt extreme sadness extreme stress and i was i sat there for five minutes cried and then kind of like came to my senses and was like wait what just happened like what am i doing and then went on with my the rest of the night so that was my my first experience with burnout and i think it actually took me just like stan said like i had no i was not equipped with how to deal with this i i didn't know who i could talk to and there was i think because i was such a high achiever I felt a little bit of shame, so I didn't. I didn't even tell my boyfriend at that time. I didn't tell my parents. Didn't tell my boyfriend. Didn't tell my best friends about it. And I think that was probably during the first year of law school. No one knew about me going through this, and I didn't even tell my boyfriend until my last year of law school. And he was the only one that knew. And then I didn't tell my my two girlfriends that I grew up with. I didn't tell them until after I graduated law school, and then. Mm -hmm. To this day, I still haven't told my parents. So I have a question. When you when you said gone through this, right? Like, was this a like significant period of time where you can remember uh, consistently being stressed out, or was it just kind of like, okay, I was, I know I'm stressed, I know I'm stressed, and all of a sudden there's this tipping point that I think that's these episodes that you've described, um, and then afterwards you're like, okay, I'm fine now, I can keep going. Like, what was that? What was that experience like? Um, I think le leading up to the episode, I didn't realize that I was stressed. I thought it was just like normal stress, right? Like being a student. Um, but I think to me, it became excessive and it became like what I call, like what I believe is called um, high functioning anxiety, where it's like 
you live on the two extremes. You are both extremely anxious about what your life choices are, your goals and your future. And at the same time, you're extremely exhausted from all those all those stress, but then you don't take time to deal with it. So you just keep being a high achiever while at the same time being extremely like anxious. So I think I my experience through that was, in fairness, I probably should have took time to see a therapist. But like I said, during that time, so much was going on. I there's a Chinese idiom where they're like, I have time to die and I don't even have time to get sick. So like I was, <laughs> yeah, like I was going through that. So I'm like, I know I need therapy, but I don't have time for it. I'll deal with this when I can. So at the time you thought to yourself, I probably need therapy, eh? Mm-hmm, I did, oh, I did. okay, interesting. Sorry, you were able to identify it like then and there that you're like, you know what, maybe I should seek uh, professional help? Yeah. Like you knew? Yeah. Wow. Like I, I knew, I, I knew I needed to talk to someone and get professional help. I, I got to the point where I even went to my family doctor to ask for a referral. Cause like mm. I explained to my family doctor, like, I want to see someone. And he was like, okay, what makes you think you need to see a therapist? What makes you think you need to see maybe even a psychiatrist? And I explained to him what I went through. And he's like, that sounds like major depression. Here's a referral. But then unfortunately, mm. Like I said, I had, I literally had no time for it. Like I hate, I hate to say that because I want to say that you can always make time for it. But I think it wasn't just literal time. It was, I didn't have the mental capacity. capacity. Yeah. To even sit down and book an appointment. So during that, I lived with it knowing I lived with it. Just tuck it on the side for now, mm -hmm. just, you know? Yeah. I think that's an interesting point. I want to get back to it in, in a sh short bit. Um, but I also wanted to change gear quickly and then just ask John, um, like, have you experienced something like this in your life before as well, where, um, you know, just like this buildup of pressure or buildup of expectation that kind of led you to some sort of, and if you don't, and that's totally fine, right? Not everybody needs to have a uh, burnout story or like a mental depression, whatever story, but, you know, I think, um, yeah, I just wanted to ask if you have similar experiences. I mean, from compared to Addy's case, I mean, I know for sure that we're not supposed to be like, oh, he wasn't as bad as Addy's, right. therefore it probably isn't the same thing at all. Or it probably wasn't in the, you know, it probably wasn't. Yeah, like we're not trying to, yeah, we're not trying to one up each other. <laughs> I understand, right. But it, it makes me think back to that, you know, that people, um, people don't, people go through these and the shame that uh, they feel. That they're like you know what i should just toughen it up and like i should just not i don't have time to break down right now and let's just kind of put it to the side when in reality i feel like um your subconsciousness is just screaming for help that like th there's just too much to to carry um that being said uh i've definitely had a few burnouts um that happened to me beforehand where there are just moments that i just want to be alone kind of thing like there are times when i just feel like i just want to disappear mm. not necessarily like you know commit suicide or whatever like nothing that heavy but i just like i just feel like i don't want to exist anymore just you know um lift all these physical burdens that i have uh with me uh, all the worries everything um now i know uh given that sounds like a very uh nihilistic way of thinking things but um i feel like burnouts for me comes and goes um as as i suppose uh mental states do nowadays anyway um now that we're able to more identify and have a more open conversation about this topic i feel like people are more open to discussing these things mm -hmm. and therefore have more tools to identify oh you know what i am going through something that needs uh, professional uh, input right um but yeah um nothing too crazy like addy's um definitely creative burnouts as well um when you have a bunch of projects and you just want to say fuck it you know like i don't want to do this anymore right. and you just kind of drop everything and you just sit quietly and you just listen to yourself breathe it's kind of heavy stuff i mean i guess that's what we're gonna get to anyway on today's episode um i'm I don't want it to, I don't want it to go that heavy, but at the same time, I know that we're talking seriously and sincerely, um, but yeah, uh, things get pretty serious when it comes to that kind of mental state and you 
kind of find a way need to find a way at least i tell myself that i need to find a way to flush this out in a healthy manner and not through like substance abuse yeah. or you know whatever vice that you're like you're trying to um duct tape fix this thing right yeah. and just slap it on there but, but yeah. so when you said you were going through these like you know different periods of burnouts or like you know even creative burnout because it's something that you know i'm I don't think I can relate to as well. Probably, um, when right, you right, right. when you got when you like are going through this, were you aware? You're like, man, I am like fucking burned out right now. Like I am maybe like just too stressed or like there's too many things on my plate. Were you able to identify that at the time, or was it kind of like an after the fact? Like wow, like I was not in a good state of mind maybe two months ago, and I'm glad I got out of that. Like was it kind of like that sort of after the fact realization? So to me, uh, I have a really high standard that I put on myself, mm -hmm. like a, sometimes an unachievable and unrealistic. Right. Yet I still keep I still keep it there anyway. Right. Um, but I also pride myself with uh, having the ability to a high, to a high level of self awareness. That if I know that a situation that I'm putting myself in will lead to a burnout, mm -hmm. like I beforehand prior to, I need to proactively tell myself and be like, you know what. You're gonna burn out. This is gonna suck for a bit, and, and things are gonna like shit. It's gonna hit the fan, but you gotta be like just soldier on, okay? Like you, you really gotta get through this, so you don't even, um, you so that you don't have time to break down and like absorb all this like pressure and the stress, and like just just soldier on. Now, that being said, obviously I didn't. I didn't know that prior to like, when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So you literally like hype yourself up and be like, I gotta be pre prepared yeah. for something yeah, like yeah. this when it happens. That's interesting. That's yeah. that's actually, I I haven't heard of that before, uh, but that's an interesting way of kind of like preemptively dealing with something like this. Right. Uh, proactively. Yeah. Right. It's like um, there's there's that saying something about like uh, a dose of. Uh, something about remedy anyway I'll, I'll i'll look it up in a second yeah but um yeah uh i kind of just like put myself into this uh like suit basically that's like get this shit together get it done yeah right whatever hardships are gonna come and they're gonna come uh you can only control so much and uh soldier on and if it happens to be a time when you're like oh my god i can't take this anymore i'm about to fucking go on my knees and just break down remind yourself of this conversation you're having right now with yourself it's like, hey you prepare yourself for this exactly you know this was gonna happen right so uh what did i tell you you know right, right? So you're you're but your yeah. own best mentor is what you're saying <laughs> also my worst enemy but that yeah. that's how the saying goes yeah. right? so addy um that being said, right, like I, I know that earlier on you said that when kind of like your episode happened, you didn't really know what's happening. You're like, oh, like I just, I guess I went through something, gotta carry on, right? Was that kind of the same type of experience for you? Like, did you know what was happening to you at the time or like during your school? And I'm sure as a lawyer, like, you know, you guys work long hours, there's like really stressful periods of times. Um, is that kind of the same thing for you where when you're burning out, like, do you know? Or is it always kind of like a, oh damn, like two weeks ago, I was really in bad shape. Yeah, I think my experience during law school, it was more hindsight. Like, I think that was one thing that probably is the reason why I didn't tell anyone for the longest time. Like, I knew that happened, but I was just like, okay, I'm just stressed. So that happens, it's fine. And I didn't really realize the lasting effects and the fact that it was burnout. And I think what brought my attention to it was like, I think I overcompensated for that afterwards, not realizing that it was burnout. I'm like, oh crap, I'm really stressed. So to overcompensate, I'm probably stressed because I'm not doing as well in school. So I'm just gonna study even harder. I'm gonna do even more work. I'm gonna make my social life even busier because I felt like I wasn't keeping up with my friends in terms of like being there for them. I'm gonna relax and, harder. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna relax way too hard. So then like my entire weekend, it'd be like from Friday night to Sunday like evening, I would be seeing people, spending time with friends, family, boyfriend, and then like, Sunday night, I would fly back into Windsor. So it's like I kind of overcompensated. And the only reason why I realized in hindsight was my boyfriend sat me down and was like, A, 
I can't I can't keep up with your schedule. You got to slow slow the f down. And then also because of that, I think it made a change in my personality that I didn't realize and after pointing having it pointed out to me, I didn't like. I became very impatient and I became very snappy and I was mildly aggressive so I swore more um I had no patience to wait for people to explain things like if I ever got in a disagreement with friends or my boyfriend I just I, I kind of go off the rails and be like can you not explain yourself I don't understand what you're angry about blah, blah blah so then like it was something that he actually sat me down was like you weren't like this before something is happening to make you like this is this you know is this the new lawyer personality that you have or is there something else and it was at that moment that I was like oh by the way this happened <laughs> so it was definitely in hindsight but now because I've gone through that I am better equipped to identify when I'm starting a burnout phase or when I'm heading towards that direction so I would say now I can better identify it and kind of I kind see of the signals coming. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And kind of to John's point, like now I can be like, all right, calm down and like hype myself up or like calm myself down to be like, you know this is coming. Yeah. Like do not act out, deal with it, but be, you know, be like a normal person. Exactly, exactly. So like I think today I am more in the moment realization, but back then definitely hindsight. So that's I found the proverb by the way. The proverb is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Ah. Nice. Yeah. 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 So that's interesting what you said that because um so I'm guessing that you also started to realize that as you're going through I guess different stages of burnout or like different periods where you are burning out. And again, like I don't know if these are like the right words to use. So if somebody like studied this like they're like oh these people don't know what they're talking about, you are correct. Right, I have right. no idea what I'm talking about. But you know, as you're going through these periods, um, did you so you do, did you notice that you started treating people around you differently, and do people around you treat you differently? Because that's kind of what I want to know. So I think, like I said, kind of like in hindsight, I do realize I was treating people differently. Not that I became like a total asshole and a jerk, but there was a level. That's just you every day. <laughs> I know, like. Actually, that's the perfect point because my friends knew that I was always a high functioning, like go go go, very type A person. So when I became a little bit more snappy, when I swore a little bit more, they were like, "Okay, this this tracks. This is kind of on brand." Right. But it's just me internally. I think even though maybe this is something I would normally do, I kind of knew that before I would maybe do it jokingly, but then. But then now I- you mean it. Exactly. Now I mean it, and I'm like, I'm actually annoyed with you. Like, I'm actually impatient that you're late five minutes. Versus back then, I'd be like, oh, I'll tease you about being late, but like, I don't really care. So my friends didn't treat me differently, but I knew that I was kind of treating them differently. Mm. Um, probably the only person that knew that I was treating them differently and and knew that I actually meant it was my boyfriend since he was the closest person to me right so he right. knew that okay this isn't just your usual bitchy self this is like beyond that right yeah. your words not his right just to oh no totally <laughs> okay. words my words like he would guys like he respects women he'll never like call me a bitch yeah, yeah, yeah. i would yeah. self proclaim be a bitch and he's like all right you said that you said that <laughs> Oh wow! Right, John. Like, is that is that the same for you? Like, when you and and I don't know if there's like a difference between like creative burnout versus just like I think overall stress burnout. Um, like when you're experiencing these like, you know, periods in your life, like, do you do you feel like you act differently towards other people, or do do other people uh, like your family or something be like, John, what's wrong with you? Why are you so like, you know? So I try to keep like. Um... As as you both know well, I try to keep my walls up. Yes, <laughs> and therefore, whenever I'm going through something um, that is very taxing, whether that be mentally or emotionally, I tend to just like keep it to myself. And the only time that I would um, talk it out with people is when I know that all right, um, like the pressure is just too much now. You gotta let some steam out. Or else, this is gonna be gonna turn very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So I let some out, but I still try to kind of um, 
I have that image of how you guys see me, and I try to keep it that way. Now, obviously, that doesn't sound very healthy. No. <laughs> and that's, and I know that we're pretty close friends, and we're supposed to, you know, uh, confide with each other and like give counsel to each other in a very supporting manner. And it's definitely not um, on you guys to to have that responsibility. You can only do so much, right? But yeah, that's that's something. It's not even fair for me to say that I'm working on because I honestly am not at this point. It's just like, you know what? That's just how it is with me. Mm-hmm. Abby? I would like to respond to that because I know when you said you're going through like tough times, you you put your walls up, right? As your friend, when I see that, I actually, if, if I'm paying attention and I notice that, it signals to me that you're going through something. And I say this because you're not, my, you're not the only friend that does this. I have a, a girlfriend that also does that. And... Mm. I feel like when you are around that person long enough, you can kind of tell when they do put up those walls. Um, right. And depending on the person, because some people I know when they put up the walls, they need a moment before you reach out to them. But this other mm. girlfriend of mine, when I see that, I would like immediately call her and be like, hey, I noticed at dinner you were doing this. Like, is mm. something up? Um, but like, for example, for you, if you if I notice you put up the wall, I won't be like, John, what are you going through? I'd be like, hey. <laughs> Like I, let me in. Let, <laughs> knock knock. <laughs> yeah, like I know that would probably push you further into like your hole. So instead of that, I'd be like, "Hey, yo, let's let's hang out. Let's go that, grab some food and then slowly ease you into telling me what's going on." That's when I divert into like something funny. That's when I put my sense of humor in and be like, <laughs> "We'll just kind of laugh it off." Right. You know? Um, but in reality, there's like a deep-seated, deep-rooted issue at hand. But I'm just like, you know what? Let's just laugh it off. Sorry. Also, you were asking about like the creative burnout thing. Uh, for me, I-, I don't know how it works for other people. But for me, um, also, we'll have a good uh, asterisk, you know, fine print at the end of this uh, episode that we are not professionals. Anyway, we'll get to that when we get there. Um, but yeah, to me, creative burnout would be something like... Um, for example, you'll have a due date to uh, create, to produce something and to have the finished product. And days just keep going and you keep trying to to do it. And you you have this vision that you can't just freaking come to reality. That you have, this, you have this thing in your mind that you're like, all right, this is what I have. Like, I know what it's going to look like. But then you can never put it into a physical fruition. And that is so mentally taxing and frustrating that... At some point, you're just going to go, fuck it. I'm just not going to, like, whatever the deliverables are, I'm just going to own up to it and just, like, have a delay for it. But obviously, you can't just be like, oh, well, I suppose now it's more uh, politically accepted to say uh, you need, like, a mental break kind of thing. But uh, back then, it's it's very much like you, you use a different kind of excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know what? This was on me. Uh, my bad. Uh, I have... Uh, delayed this whatever production and it sucks because you have this beautiful image in your mind of a creation that you're doing but you you just had too much of it that you just kept deleting the same files and you just start over and over and over again and it's just a snowball and it just cycles and to me that is the creative burnout that i hate getting onto and no matter how much prevention i try to tell myself to be like oh you know this is gonna suck it it just sticks to you and it just slowly cracks and peels at you and eventually you're just like uh well hopefully it doesn't come to the point where you kind of just lift your hands up and say whatever um but at the same time what you'll end up making is something that you're not happy and proud of and that's so then that kind of just adds on to the to that pressure and that like exactly that that you put to yourself And you're like, wait, but this is any, but you gotta do the deliverables. And anyway, it just it's a feedback loop. Yeah, no, I think I think that's interesting because like not not just in like the creative world. I think this is what ultimately brings us all to the point of like burning out because we're you know whether we have high or low bars for ourselves. I think everybody has some sort of standard or like what we want to do, what we want to see, how we want to see our project you know come to fruition, how we want our career or lives to look like you know at different scales, right? Um, and then so being not being able to you know hit those bars all the time um, and especially again growing up in um, the value system that we did grow up in right like I think 
when we're in like maybe 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, like I think all of us, every single one of every single person that I know bought into the hustle and bustle of city life, right? Like the hottest show on <laughs> yes. TV was Suits, right? And everybody <laughs> wanted to be Mike Ross, right? Everybody was like, mm -hmm. oh man, like, you know, I want to be a you know, corporate lawyer or like a, you know, 4C consultant or whatever, right? Like those like really high in high demand jobs. So I think we all bought into that, like, okay, we got to work hard. We got to like work our asses off. Like there's no breaks. And you know, we like, if we slow down, we're just going to get left behind. Right. But then now that we're kind of past, and I don't know if all of us are, right. But I, I think at least I am where um, I'm in, I'm entering into a new stage of my life where I am prioritizing other things than my perceived success, mm -hmm. right? So for example, I'm, I'm definitely prioritizing my health, um, you know, my inner, like inner circle of friends and family around me as more important than my career. I'm starting to realize like, hey, like a lot of things that happened to me in the past was like not that great, you know, from a mental health perspective. Um, and then so... I wanted to ask you guys, cause I, I guess I have a very unhealthy way of dealing with it. But uh, now that you guys have gone through, you know, what you've gone through in your lives, right? The events and, you know, the different types of struggles, um, when you're facing something like, you know, hey, I am smack dab in the middle of, and you know, it, it's like hard to define, right? But right. I think you, everyone can say and be like, I'm burnt out. I'm done. I'm tired. I want to just drop everything. I want to put down all the buckets and just not pick them back up again. I'm done. Right. right? Like I want to just stay in this one place for a long time. When you're in that place, like what, what is the first thing you do? Like you've identified that you're in a not great place of mental health. Um, mm -hmm. What do you guys do at this point? Um, for me, I, it's, like you said, um, you know, the older that we get, uh, the more quote unquote realistic our perspectives are in our definition of success, right? I don't know if that's because we're we're pressed for time now, or I don't know if that's because we're just trying to settle down, or that our standards are lower. I don't know. It's 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 probably different for people's cases, um, but whatever that case is for me, um, honestly, I didn't think of. I just rooted back to my family and I know that that's not fair to say and that doesn't apply to everybody because sometimes their family is pretty shitty right or they definitely cannot relate mm -hmm. but for me I just look back at to uh, the people that keep me grounded and we're also at that age where our, our, our circle of friends is kind of like the ride and die you know ride or die kind of people right yeah. <laughs> like we have definitely uh, trimmed the edges so much that we just have this handful a group of people at least I, I mean i can't speak for everybody but for me and i think for you guys as well mm -hmm. like we just have that tight-knit group of friends that yeah these are the guys that will probably go into the same uh retirement home with you know <laughs> i mean knock on wood <laughs> but um so i just i just i just look at all of that and 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 the good things that that we have the good things mm -hmm. that we that we we still have to make and the and the oh man, I'm sounding so corny and so uh, <laughs> no, no. I, I'm trying to romanticize it, but um, so you're looking at like the I think you're looking at like what you have on hand and being like you know like it, it's the whole like you know mantra of like gratitude and like seeing what you have mm -hmm. and appreciating what exactly. you have versus being depressed about what you don't have, right? Mm. Exactly, okay. right? And 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 the things that that are bothering you now are always going to bother you, right? But that doesn't last as long. As the relationships and the family and the friendship and the important things that you share with your with your friends yeah with your circle of people. no i think that's uh that's like a very good uh good example of you know what some something that someone can do mm -hmm. i have a question for you though was this always easy for you to do like was it always easy for you to see like hey you know look at all these good things that i have i mean no obviously right uh it's like it's like a learning process how thing. did you uh how did you develop this uh path of learning um it, there was no blueprint there was no like schedule for it um it just came to me at one point that um really ultimately the things that matter to you as a person as a human being inside or out are the things that you want to matter um and i know the whole uh you know cliche of like 
things come and go and stuff. But to me, when when I start realizing that, hey, you know what? I might be going through a really shitty time right now. I might be dragging my feet and stuff like that. And I think I think I should just accept that that I'm I'm here. I'm in this situation. And know that there are people out there who are like are close friends of ours who are also going through the same uh, battles uh, who are also fighting the same demons and that misery loves company and um, no matter these fights uh, how long they go for it's still not gonna outlast the healthy relationship that you cultivated around you uh, and the people in the family and it was just a matter of just hammering that point in my head of like um you know it, it there was no practice for it um uh, you, everybody goes through cycles and episodes of depression and stuff and sadness and just um it eats away at them and slowly breaks it down and it really kind of blurs the the goal the blurs the appreciation that's supposed to be around you and not to sound so <laughs> uh, philosophical about it but like at the end of the day um again what truly matters are the ones that uh that you make matter um what was it called i was i actually have this book uh of the dalai lama that i'm wow. a very big fan of yeah um and there's this one saying that there's this one monk who has like you know those in like those magazines that have like the route for like oh do you like this movie yes no and then i recommend this other movie oh, yeah. it's like a spider web thing right so this guy uh, this monk kind of like created his own version of that and it's the first one is like do you have a problem and it's like yes no if yes can you do something about it right and then if yes no and then if it says uh yes then it goes to don't worry about it right and if you do you have a problem it says no then do you say no if to that to that problem then you don't have anything to worry about yeah. wow and then it says, if you do you have a problem, yes. Can you do something about it? Yes. Don't worry about it. Can you do something? No. Then don't worry about it. Because <laughs> Either no way, thing. don't worry about right. it. Yeah. There's nothing you could do about any of this stuff, right? That's funny. I think, so, yeah, no, I think that's like a really interesting point because I think a lot of different like, you know, material that's out there that's meant to guide us right like religion or mm. like you know um like support groups and stuff like that they all have these sort of like logic gates for you to kind of check and say like hey what right. what do i end up choosing but at the end of the day right like it's you know how do we let go of some of our um i think like maybe stubbornness or like even just our perceived again it's, like perceived success right like what we it's pride yeah, right honestly it's, it's what we choose to define what is successful for ourselves because right? everybody will have a different definition and so that's interesting because i feel like you're taking like a very logical approach to kind of to kind of like you know like convincing yourself right convincing yourself to say like no like i gotta move on right like look at what i have about it versus what i don't have um addy do you do you kind of follow the same type of path or do you kind of choose to elect a different way of uh, mm -hmm. dealing with your mental health issues. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, John, you are mentally stronger than me for being able to utilize that because that is actually what I struggle with. Like, I, from the outside, if you look at my resume, it looks kind of good. Like, I graduated law school. I'm a lawyer. I have my own firm. Like, it looks good, right? Yeah. But when I'm going through these states of burnout when i'm going through major anxiety or depressive episodes i can't acknowledge that i literally cannot i i will sit there moping and my boyfriend would be like dude you are a successful lawyer running your own firm like you should be proud of that and i'm like yeah but i'm not a big firm i'm not making a million dollars i'm not signing off like i'm not winning like supreme court cases like <laughs> to me like i just can't acknowledge that so mm -hmm. instead of kind of letting myself fester and like get too deep into that hole how i deal with like my episodes and kind of my burnout is like i could give an example actually like i i don't know if i told you guys but the last two weeks have been probably the most stressful since making partner for me um so i right, right. i have this big appeal coming up so for those of you who don't know like i've joked before small claims court is like kitty court 
And then, you, so basically, if you're suing someone for thirty-five thousand or less, you go to small claims. If you're suing someone for more than that mo- amount of money, you go to superior court, which is what we call big kid court. Now, I'm going through an appeal, which means somewhere on those lower courts, someone made a decision that I disagree with. So I am appealing it to the next level of court. So that's like teenager court for me. And then Supreme Court is like adult court, so I'm like in the in between. So I'm working on this appeal, and for the last two weeks, I've been trying to write our factum, which is essentially the written argument of why I think I should win my case. And you can imagine, this this is a really big deal for me. Um, so like in in all the smaller courts, you're in front of one judge. But at divisional court, which is where I'm appealing to, you're in front of a panel of three judges. So there's going to be three very experienced judges, basically judging whether or not I should win my case. So I have been extremely stressed about that. But for some reason, these past two weeks, while I've been trying to work on that, everything came out of the woodwork. Like. A client reached out to me, who has mental health issues. He hired me for a real estate matter, but then he had a run-in with the police, and then he was also committed to a, like a psychiatric hospital. While I was trying to deal with his real estate stuff, and I'm I'm getting like 30 text messages from him to be like, "Can you also speak to the police for me?" Oh, by the way, I'm getting fired from my work. Can you take this case on too as well? And I'm just like, okay, I'm working on my appeal. I'm trying to help him with his real estate stuff, and all this other stuff is coming out. So that's one. I had two real estate closings. One fell through, and then the other one, like. A week before closing, found、uh, the buyers found there's asbestos at the house. So like、mm. everything that can possibly go wrong in these two weeks have gone wrong, and it got to the point where like this week, like my factum was due Friday, and I was so stressed about it. Literally, like there was one day I was talking to like my friends, and I can give them a play-by-play for every 15 minutes. I either got a phone call, something hit the fan, or I got another like client reaching out for consultation, asking for prices, or one of my existing clients has another issue come up. So I literally had every 15 minutes my phone was ringing, and again, during this entire time, I was still trying to write my factum. So I distinctly remember it was Wednesday, I think. I was sitting at my office, and after by like. 1:30, I finally put down my phone and I sat there, and for 30 seconds, I was about to cry, and my brain was like, "Nope, you don't have time for this. You can cry about this later." And I just had to get back into work. So how I deal with these kind of like stress and burnout is, I I don't have time to think. I don't have time to appreciate things. So I make a list of thin things that I can actually do. It's my my list of wins. Like I need a win, and I need small wins to make me feel like, okay, I can do something about stuff going on. So I did small things like respond to the emails asking for consultations and prices, and just be like. I'm running into a meeting, or like I'm preparing for my appeal. Can I respond to you in three days? At least respond to them, right? So I sent out a bunch of those me- emails.、Um, the the my client who's who the real estate guy that's also having his like police run-ins and getting fired at work and all that kind of stuff. I basically emailed him and was very honest and was like, "Look, I don't have capacity to deal with anything at this moment." I don't deal with the police. You need to find a criminal defense lawyer. Like for your employment stuff, you had to do this and that, and basically gave him a layout of what he needs to do, and then ended it with, "I don't have capacity to deal with this until the second week of March. If you want to stop using me and fire me, I am totally fine with that." And and he came back and was like, "No, I I still want you to work on my real estate stuff. I'll find someone else to deal with my other stuff." But like it was just those little little tasks that I could control and do and just pump it out without wasting too much like energy or time. I would just check those off. And then once I see that there's like a list of things that I did do, it kind of calms me a little bit. And then it's like, okay, so it's not that I can't do anything. I just need to break it into smaller tasks. And then、right. once I get into that mindset and I'm a little bit more calm, then I can tackle my big task, which was my my big appeal and my big factum. So that's kind of how I deal with it. Sorry, just to just to go、uh, to go on a tangent with what you're doing there with breaking down stuff. I remember back when we were doing、uh, when I was back in school, and I have a few friends, girlfriends of mine who 
are like, oh my god, John, this is like worth 50% percent of our like entire you know mark. And I'm like, okay, take the time to freak out now. Okay, let me know when you're done, <laughs> and then can we just get back to work? Like that's. <laughs> And they're like, no, John, seriously. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So start freaking out. Go. Like, I would just tell them. And then we, I try to break it down as well to like, you know, a more digestible uh, pieces, bits and pieces, right? You don't get to the top of the Everest just by fucking, hey, let's go to the Everest, right? <laughs> like, you got to slowly take a step at a time. That's just what I wanted to add. And honestly, it, it really helps. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think I think just like just digesting from both of your perspectives, you guys are both very pragmatic people, right? Like I think while mm-hmm. John takes like a very you know theoretical yet logical approach of like you know just appreciating like being able to appreciate things in front of him, I think Adi, you're more like practical and be like, okay, well you know mm-hmm. here's a list, you know this is what I gotta do, um, and I think like I I'm not sh- I honestly don't know what I I, I would do. Um, I know that you know for for me when I burn out or when I'm like in that period of burnout, it's usually not like a very short period where I can like very quickly or easily get out of, right? Like it's like a prolonged period of time where I am like unmotivated. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to go outside. I don't even want to shower, right? Like I don't want to shower or brush my teeth or like, you know, I just don't want to do anything. And you know, like I think I really felt it when John was like, I just want to just like not exist. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. it's not it's not like you know I am actively trying to like unalive myself, but right, exactly. it's just a period of like I just don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to go to work. I don't even want to like change. I I don't want to do anything. Right, and I think during those times it's kind of probably like the hardest for most people to go through. And like I don't I I don't have I don't think I have the mental fortitude during those times to be like. I have to be able to logically think about these, right? And then so I think this is where I'm saying like I think those are the times where speaking to someone professional to you know assisting your problems and like you know having having someone to be able to help um, like identify like hey these are some of the things you can do instead um, will really help, right? Because uh, I think at that point like you just don't really have the capacity to to mentor yourself anymore. Right? So like, for example, when you like break your legs and stuff and you can't walk, right? Like you're, you're not going to force yourself to walk to the hospital. Yeah. What you're going to do is you're going to call 911. You're going to rely on a team of professionals to transport you safely and get yourself treated. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then so in these episodes of like, I think extreme, like, you know, men- mental, I-, I would say like downhill. I don't want to say like burnout specifically, but like mental mm-hmm. distress. And degrading yeah yeah i think you also have to just trust that there's people out there and then you have to be able to trust those people and say like hey man like i can't do this right now like there's just no matter what anybody says i know this is what i'm supposed to do i know mm-hmm. i'm supposed to you know just take a shower or go out for a walk or brush my teeth right but there's definitely um periods of my life where like i just i'm not able to do that right yeah i mean Also, to add on to uh, a way that I flush my, uh, I was gonna say dirty mind, <laughs> <laughs> but that 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 you need like you need to hire cleaners for that one. You need to hire cleaners anyway. Uh, but like that kind of uh, when I know that I'm going to an episode, um, I didn't believe it at first, but actually, uh, running. When I started running, it was it was also a way to just kind of flush all of that out um i can't i don't have the scientific proof for it i can't tell you to google it up i'm sure it's i'm sure it's probably there's an article of it there but that the fact that i it makes you feel something else um when you're at a state of just like sluggishness and just not wanting to do anything just actually forcing yourself up and be like all right i'm gonna do something today that's like walk even Just have a change of scene. Just have some fresh air. Just have the sun out. Just have touch grass. You know that meme? Yeah. I think it's like it's a meme right now. Yeah. Just go touch grass. Um, like it it really does make a difference. No matter how big that meme mm-hmm. is, um, it unbelievably actually makes you uh, feel something else. Whether that be you're in pain physically, <laughs> but at least now you're feeling something else other than just desperation 
a moment of just respite of just disappearing at least now you're feeling oh my god my legs are burning yeah. or like I, you know I'm, i'm catching my breath like something feels deeper and then on top of that you're like holy shit i did something today i ran <laughs> you know? yeah or like i i went outside and or, or, or like like again like it's the small things right mm-hmm. the small things just add up into a greater achievement and just shows you the full picture i feel like that's uh that's that's something that is definitely helpful yeah i think um i've actually also had those moments kind of like both stan and john both of you like moments where it's just i I don't want to do anything i'm not motivated like i don't i don't like myself and i don't like what's happening around me and i just right right, yeah like i just kind of wish things just disappeared and or like i kind of blended into the background i just kind of wish i it wasn't happening but for better or for worse i i live with my boyfriend so he would see that and he would used to try to talk to me and try to cheer me up but that actually irritates me more because i'm like no <laughs> you can't help me you don't understand just let me be sad yeah exactly let me be sad. i don't want to be happy exactly. be so so what he does now is when he notices that he will just take care of everything so that when i don't want to eat when i don't want to shower when i don't want to like do anything <laughs> like he will he'll make food for me and put it in front of me he will put water in front of me and be like you need to drink water if you know if i'm staying up late because i'm stressing over my factum he would like he's like did you save the factum and i'm like yes and he'll just shut my computer <laughs> and he'd be like you need to it's 3 a.m you need to brush your teeth and sleep like he literally did that this week so i get those moments and and like even those little things that i want to do like I, can, i don't even have the energy to make that stupid list i'll have those moments as well but like i said i i have the benefit of living with someone and and he is able to identify those moments and help me out in those times um And and part of that too is like I said, now that I'm older and I've experienced it a few times, I can see it coming from a mile away. So as it mm-hmm. as I'm going up that hill, I I had given him a heads up. I'm like, just so you know, this week I'm going to be useless. I will forget about the garbage. I might not, you know, I'm probably not going to cook food. Um, don't expect me to do any cleaning, any dishes. <laughs> like I kind of gave him like a warning, like I'm going to be useless this week because I'm I'm. I know I'm going to be stressed. So he kind of got a heads up, but but yeah, like it, it, I have those moments too where it's just like, man, I don't want to do anything. And and right. yeah. I suppose we're very lucky and blessed to mm-hmm. to have that kind of support structure. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think I think today's conversation is really interesting because I, I'm hearing like a lot of really good takeaways. Like I think number one is like you know every every I think everybody at some point or another goes through something like this. Not necessarily burnout, right? But just kind of like you know mental degradation, uh, mental degradation, and where they're like feeling a certain type of way, and you know it might affect the way that they treat people, or even it, it might even affect the way that people treat them, right? Because you know I, I think with a lot of mental issues or mental health. Concerns like it's just not visible, right? Like it's you know it's just something you experience, and so having that awareness is very uh, fundamental in in a making sure that we are aware of what's happening to us, and b you know um, being mentally aware enough to practice improving that state, right? Whether or not if it's like you know trying different things, going out to touch grass, or yeah. you know like have a building that support network, or letting people around us know like hey, listen, this is what I'm going through. I might be a little bit difficult for the next couple of weeks. I don't mean it, right? And not not mm-hmm. to get like a free pass to say like I get to do whatever I want for the next two weeks, right? But like right. hey, you know, mm-hmm. I think asking your loved ones around you to be like hey, you know, I'm going through something tough. If I'm a little unbearable for the next couple of weeks, please let me know instead of mm-hmm. being annoyed with me back immediately, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm exactly. not doing this with bad intentions. And then, so I think that's what I'm hearing a lot of. And then there's definitely multi multitude of ways for someone to um, deal with mental stress because I feel like all three of us have shared different ways that we are kind of looking at this and different durations of different activities and stuff like that. Right. And then it goes to show, kind of like, you know, even very highly functional people, right? Like. Addy, as a yeah. seemingly very successful lawyer, right, goes through things like, you know, creative burnout or like, you know, just periods of extreme stress, right? And then so we, I think everyone 
at some point will have these concerns. And I think, you know, to, in today, like 2022, in the woke culture, right? Yeah. We, we right. want to be mindful of something like this, but not kind of being able to weaponize this and be like, well, I have a mental disorder or I have a mental health issue. Like, right, I get a free right. pass for the next month, right? Like that's kind of not how it works, but it's more so just kind of like being mindful of, hey, like, Everybody is fighting their own demons. I think John, you said that earlier today, and I think that like really yeah. resonated with me, right? Like everybody's finding their own demons, and especially with when something like this kind of comes along, you don't know what people are dealing with, right? So just being mindful of another person, um, and then again, right, being in today's day and age, um, I think therapy is something that is openly talked about a lot by many different workplaces, um, and I want to know what you guys feel about um having their like having professional therapists being included as part of like our health budget or like our OHIP or our um you know employee uh employee benefits when we go to work benefits, right. yeah because right. i find that like i while i would love to talk to a therapist right like i've i've gone through diff multiple different workplaces some offer really great coverage while some don't right so when i mm -hmm. do work for a um, employer or even like you know because the province also doesn't or our government doesn't also you know give us back like hey here's some free money to go see a therapist um, I'm also debating like do I have the capacity to spend this money to go see a therapist right so I wanted to see your guys's thought on like should this be um, included as part of our benefits in general yeah oh I am 100% for it I'm totally behind it I think it's I'm not saying like I expect the government or our benefits providers to cover everything, but to at least have an allowance account so that we can, maybe we only need one session. Some people only need one session. Some people need months of guidance, right? So if there's at least an account for like a couple hundred bucks, right? I think that's at least incentive for a lot of people to take that first step to go to the first session. And in my opinion, whether it's one or 10 or 20, I think it's helpful. So if there's at least something there, whether it's the government or our benefits provider, I am 100% for it. And whether or not I use it, right? I think it's beneficial to our society as a whole. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we are pretty blessed with our uh, health benefits here in this country already as it is. And though for the situation um, and this mental issues that are, is, I feel like is booming or maybe not booming, but is more openly talked about. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think that uh, your support groups can only do so much. Uh, you yourself can only do so much. And having the professional, having the, not necessarily the right answers, but the correct perspective, the correct the professional help that you, yeah, the, the professional help that you need to put you and to show you a perspective that you haven't seen before, mm -hmm. right? That will open your ideas to something else, to see things differently, I think uh, is beneficial to everybody. Yeah. I also want to throw this out there. Maybe, you know, uh, unpopular opinion. I don't think it's up to your network to deal with your mental issues or mental health issues. Fair. Right? Great. I think they're, they're there to support you um, when you need it. But I, I, I think it's also unfair for, um, for me to expect my network of people to be like hey i have this and that like you guys have to just bear with me you know right, so, right. true yeah. true totally agree. you're right totally yeah. agree um also in that note too uh just because somebody's on fire doesn't mean they're asking to be saved yes kind of thing, you know? true yeah. so you might know that person who's always so commonly on this episode and you try your best uh to kind of be present for that person or whatever and they just keep going in the same cycle yeah. and then you just watch them burn right and because they're not asking to be saved they're just they just kind of want the attention and that's unfortunate and i feel like that does cloud our perspective and our view in this whole issue in this whole situation because then you're like oh this person's just looking for attention but in reality another person might 
seem like they're acting the same way but in reality you know it's a cry for help kind of thing so i think which i mean it's sad but yeah you know. no i think i think so i think that's why it's important for us to like talk openly in this episode about mental health at least because i feel like the more people talk about it the less it becomes taboo and the less becomes right. the less it becomes taboo i think the more honest we can talk about you know things that we're experiencing with like all other people for a i think a more meaningful conversation right like how do we move forward from this what sort of infrastructures can we build and then like how can we um you know at the end of the day just like reduce the amount of i think like mental health distress as a generation that we're experiencing right yeah absolutely yeah i mean uh today's episode is definitely more on a very serious note and i think it does uh require seriousness to to talk about the issue mm-hmm. um very grateful for stan for moderating today's episode thank you so much yeah thank you stan uh, it was a uh, it was he was very he was the pillar for this one for this mental health episode very much so uh, right um that being said here's the uh, asterisk the fine print we are nowhere by any means uh, professionals um what we say uh about in in this episode specifically uh take it with a grain of salt um you are very much open to your own opinions entitled to it in fact and um share them with us <laughs> share them with us yeah um if 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 you would like if you disagree that's fine too we don't have to disagree on a lot of things if you think that uh seeking therapy is a waste of money and budget that's fine too um we're just here to drink some beer and have a open discussion that hopefully uh, everybody uh the audience will uh listen to yeah speaking of the beer um mm-hmm. it was not joking when it's strong because i have i don't know if you've noticed on camera i've been swaying a little bit by the last yeah. 10, five minutes yeah like <laughs> it is hitting me guys like i'm buzzed and like you have badminton i know i'm so screwed and it's funny because mm. i was just looking at the bottle are the can the tall cans that we've been having before was like 500 milliliters this is only 330 yeah. and it's hit yeah, me so hard like i know good job delirium <laughs> oh you like oh, okay. hey, listen, I, I actually i so i will say after an entire bottle of this thing if if I do see it in out in a bar or something, I will get it again. This I actually really like this. Oh, beer. Yeah. yay! So delirium tremens. Our lines are open. Yeah. Uh, speaking of lines, Addy, CLSs. Yeah, please, please. CLS. Comment, like, and subscribe. Okay, let's see if I can do this uh, well. Tipsy. Um, our Instagram and TikTok handle is at b e e r t a l k s t o. Beer Talks T.O. So find us on Instagram and TikTok. Here you're trying right. so hard. <laughs> the challenge. It's a cha- <laughs> This is harder than her uh, her, 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 uh, her case. Yeah, her fact. Seriously. <laughs> this is one of the harder ones. Sweet. Um, we'll talk at you guys next time. I just stole that from another podcast. Yo, I was like, well, that's really good. We are talking at them, but okay. Yeah. If it's stolen, uh, uh, then it is what it is, you know? I can't, I can't, quite, uh, I can't quite take credit for that one. Um, thanks again, Stanley, for moderating. Thank you, Addy, for being here. Thank, Thank you, John. Thank you as well. We are uh, Beer Talks, and we shall hear from you guys next time. See you. Right, cheers. 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 Cheers, everybody. I'm actually so drunk. I'm so drunk.